Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello and welcome to another edition of Bunker Daily, the intimate 30-minute hot yoga cousin to Wednesday's full hours Shavasana. I am Alex Andreu, and I'm talking to you from my 13th week of lockdown, stranded in Mykonos, Greece, where, to give you an idea of my levels of boredom, I just finished rewatching every single one of the 220 episodes of the original Dynasty. And today's guest is no stranger to boardrooms or shoulder pads. She is business guru, entrepreneur, investor, and Somerset lass, the original mother of dragons, Khaleesi, Deborah Meaden. Welcome, <laughs> Deborah. Thank you, Alex. I will take, that's quite an introduction. I will take <laughs> We can clip that for you if you want. <laughs> are, you, oh, are, you, are you bunkered down in your Somerset home? How, how has it been for you? I, I am actually, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually beginning to enjoy it a little bit too much. Um, so, you know, for me, I've got animals, I've got space, I've got, you know, I'm surrounded by the ones I love. Um, and actually, I can do most of the things that I need to do, you know, thanks to technology. Um, but, I, but I do get up with these waves of guilt thinking, well, you know, goodness, aren't I the lucky one? Because yeah. it's a very different world for a lot of other people. Of course, of course it is. Um as as an entrepreneur, are you still actively looking for business opportunities, or have you put everything on pause, basically? Um, I I'm still receiving applications. You know, people are still pitching to me. Um, I'm looking for opportunities within the businesses I'm already investing in because you know business is changing and the world's changing, and those businesses need to adapt. And also, you know, there's, they're going to, they're going to lose a lot of their business and they need to spot new opportunities. So that's great. Um, and actually good businesses that come in that I think have, have got an understanding of where they now sit in the world. Um, absolutely. Mm. I'm still interested in, in receiving businesses. So um, what sort of businesses do you see as performing well in a sort of post Corona economy, can you see any big growth areas ahead? Let's say you were advising a young investor right now and and you were trying to tell them what sector is good to go into. Well, obviously, IT and technology, you know, because we've just suddenly jumped into this space now that even, even in the business world where forever we've been saying, well, we can do everything remotely and we can, you know, we can, we can meet over Skype and, but we haven't really embraced it properly. Now, this has made us jump into that space, but we've kind of done it in this kind of all panic way. So I think there's going to be a lot of development around the quite raw way that we're now dealing with technology and the way that we're changing our behavior. So I think sort of honing that up. Um, mm. and, and I mean things like smartening up the way we meet you know, and the way we can have conferences yeah, yeah, yeah. and we can hold events. You know, I think there's a, there'll be a lot of um, activity in that. So I think that's an interesting space. You didn't have any shares in Zoom, did you? 
Sadly not. I am really oh, crossing the edge. <laughs> um, really others, other, is that sort of company now always going to have a first mover advantage? Are we always going to be thinking about Zoom when we're thinking about remote meetings or can a newcomer sort of dislodge it? Well, I think it's interesting. I think Zoom will always be seen as the original one. It could well enter the vernacular. We could well be saying, people say Google it, and they don't mean Google it. They mean go onto the internet and search it. And I think Zoom will probably always occupy that space. But actually, first mover advantage so quickly becomes first mover disadvantage because you have legacy you know, and they will have built platforms in a certain way and then new people will come and I think, actually, wouldn't it be better if? So, so you know, I, I think they will always be known for it, but I suspect mm. there'll be other challenges that hone the offering. So, so it might become the hoover of the future, as it were. Yeah, absolutely. You know, oh, let, mm. let's have a Zoom meeting. People don't mean that. They might mean Microsoft Teams. You know, they might mean something that is kind of, a, oh, let's do a Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Um, conversely, other industries that we just won't be able to bring back from the dead. Well, I think most industries will 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 survive in a form um, that may be a reduce, you know, reduction in the overall size. Um, I think it's going to be a long time before hospitality recovers in any normal way. If ever, you know, we might find that we we have changed forever the way that we go out and we eat and we socialize in pubs. Um, so, and I'm not sure that anybody knows what that is going to look like mm. right now, because actually, to start off with, it was a bit of an inconvenient social distancing. And we found it quite difficult to social di- socially distance. Now, I think we're beginning to find it quite difficult to not socially distance. You know, you see that dance between people. <laughs> um, and I don't know how long that's going to linger because there's still an awful lot yeah. of fear out there. So, you know, I, I think what industry should be doing is working on finding a way of, of incorporating that into their offering. And some industries are going to find that really, really hard. Yeah, uh, hospitality is a particular sort of interest yes. area of yours. Yes. Um, and it employs so many people on low wage and zero hour contracts. Where will those workers go if if they can't be reabsorbed into that industry? Well, that is really hard because not only, um, I mean, you, you describe their sort of work and pay conditions, but actually a lot of these jobs are also... Um, in areas, you know, seasonal areas, so coastal towns, mm. um, tourism mm. towns that, that completely rely on tourism. So if they, you know, if that goes, it's not like they can go and get a job somewhere else, you know. So it's really, really important that we find a way of stimulating um, those particular industries. And actually, they have responded quite well. I, You know, I've, I've got members of my family are still in the holiday park industry. And what they've done, they are going to be able to open up because their caravans are, you know, they're sealed units. They're safe. Your family yeah. can stay away from everybody else. You don't have to open up your bars and your catering and you don't, you know, you don't open up the facilities where everybody usually crams in together. So, you know, they are able to adapt. Um, what that turns into, but that in that in itself means there's work, there's job reduction. You know, there are no entertainers mm. anymore. The, the cleaning is very difficult. Of course, of course, because there are, yeah, there are bits of it that, there are bits of it that are quite, 
sort of crowd specific, aren't they? Yes, and, and absolutely. Bits of yeah, it which have to just be done very differently. And we're, we're social creatures, you know, normally on holiday, that's actually what we're looking for. You know, we're looking to meet people and go out for drinks together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, you know, I think it's going to be very interesting. So, and I keep saying to people, you've got to, you've got to take this in chunks. We've got the now, we've got the future that we can see, and then we've got this big future that we're going to have to guess at. And as we get closer to it, you know, that will start taking a greater shape. But don't, for, don't take your eye off that because that's where we're going. You know, it, if you get the right now, that's where we've got to get. You know, that's where our vision is. So, but mm. you know. Alex it's been it's been scary so my businesses have been through this scary moment um and then they moved into this this um it was quite a odd thing to say but quite an exciting moment because you realize you you look at your business in a very different way you know and, and every single business I work with has discovered something about the way they do that they think to themselves why on earth do we do that you know and that's quite yeah exciting. yeah yeah and and you're ultimately looking at quite a blank canvas ahead, um, which you would never voluntarily go into. You would never choose to have this shock that shakes everything up. But out of that comes a situation where you can rethink things from a from a very low baseline, which you could never do before. That so true, and that's true on a personal level. You know, when do you get a chance to absolutely? You know that there's nothing going on in the world out there. So, so um, when I say nothing, there's there's awful, there's awful. Yeah, yeah. you know, oh, it's all fine. There's nothing going. No, what I mean, so much of, awfulness. Yeah, yeah, so much awfulness. Kind of, you know, shut the shut, put put the lid down. You know, and not pay attention. But but it's not very often that in a business environment you get a chance to completely, you know. There's nothing you can do. So just think about how we can come out of this. Just concentrate. You know, you've got the time now to, to really work out what's the best way forward. Is, is there, a, is there a, a, a slight danger? I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not an expert in how these things work, but is there a slight danger that, you know, loads of small businesses are going to come out of this uh, essentially indebted and chasing their tails? So they they might find it easier to simply um, go into administration, um, so they don't have to pay back the states and basically mutate into a similar business that starts from a clean slate. Is that something that the government has thought about? I'm sure they've thought about it because it is it is a real risk, and I you know I do say to people, you shouldn't take anybody's money because it isn't government money it's our money it's your money it's my you know it's anybody who pay taxes money you shouldn't take the money unless you can see a way out of this it's not just a holding pattern it's not there you are you know these small banks the fifty thousand pound banks bank loans you know that's not there you are there's some cash just spend it as you yeah, like yeah. and if you go bust later that's fine it's not fine so only take the money if you genuinely see a way coming out of this now who knows? Because we're all best guessing. So I'm sure there will be businesses, a, a rush of businesses of that, that, that don't get through. And and sadly, I also can see that people will be driven to the point where they think, Do you know what, I can't keep this alive anymore. Let's just let it go and wipe all my debts off. Um, and that, you know, that is a worry. It's a worry for the it's a worry for the government, but it is also a worry for the other businesses that trade with those businesses, because of course it's not just the government they don't pay back. 
It's all of their debts that they write off, you know. And I, I keep saying to people, just can we just be a bit community minded about this? You know, can we, mm, can yeah, we yeah, yeah. about everybody, you know, and, and, and all of our suppliers and all the people we supply, you know, can we just pay, you know, pay attention to, to everyone and don't just think, look, it's okay, I'll, you know, I just won't pay the government back. Is this also a period of readjusting um, our expectations as consumers, in effect? So it, it, might we come out of this? Um, in a pattern where we go out, you know, once every two weeks for a more expensive meal or a a few, uh, you know, nine quid pints instead of going out every night for one pound fifty pints is is something like that also in the air. It's a it's a good question, um, and the answer is I don't know because what I don't know is what is and what we none of us know is which bits of the fear that we have currently been experiencing, which bits and the, and the behaviour that that's forced, which bits stick. Mm. You know that that's kind of the that's that's the guesswork piece. That's the bit that says, well, actually, that's probably going to stay with us long term. But so take take for example, um, fashion retail. I I predict there will actually be quite a bounce back initially because people will, you know, they've pent up demand. People want to, want to buy clothes and, and actually they've been, they've been buying anyway, but they'll suddenly have reason to go and buy something for a particular reason. There'll be a bounce back. And then there will be an, a realisation that actually the economy is, is slowing down and people are going to lose their jobs. So I then think there's going to be a bounce back, you know, quite a lot of pent up demand. Then there's going to be a big withdrawal. And then uh, the question is, after that, what happens? You know, mm. what, how does that stabilise? Because it's got two phases to go through. And I think every industry is going to have different phases to go through before it re- understands what's the new norm. You know, I know everybody keeps talking about the new norm, but it is true. You know, it's not like suddenly we're going to come out the other side and there's the new norm. We're going to go through lots of different phases and then we're going to settle into something. Is this, do you think, a good time to start a business. I mean, if you went to the bank right now and said, I have a really good idea that ha- has resilience in this sort of post-COVID environment, would they look at you as if you were mad? Or are people, because, you know, there's also a market for the supply of money. And, and people often miss that. They, you know, they only see the demand for loans, but they don't get that there's also a market for the supply of loans. So is, there, is, it, is this actually quite a good time to go to, to a bank and say, give me a small business loan, I have this great idea going forward? I think it is a good time as long as you've got a – I think the, the scrutiny is going to be greater. Because I, I do sense that there is a feeling of just everybody don't, don't do anything. <laughs> just stand still. Unless, you know, the government's making us lend some money to people. But <laughs> you, don't make, you don't have to do anything, you know, don't, don't do anything. So I think, but I, I always say it's always a good time to start the right business. And the right business isn't necessarily a great business. It's a business that actually... It fits with that time. You know, it's, it, there yeah, are yeah. some great ideas out there that just, they were launched, they were launched at the wrong time. So the question is, is this idea, is this business proposition 
good right now, you know, and can we see that that will take us into the future? And can I can I do as much as I can to get that message across to a lender? I, I personally think right now that angels are probably the best bet to raise money from. You know, they're mm, they're, mm. they're they're I hate to sorry banks, but they're a little bit more visionary. They don't have so many boxes to tick. You know, they can go with what they you know go with the gut feeling. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and banks at the moment, oh my goodness, they're all, they're being forced to be incredibly box ticking. You know, the government has made them be really box ticking. Um, so I, I I would say angels are a good place to go. But no, always there's always a place, but there's always opportunity and it's always a good time to start the right business. Mm. I mean, everyone is looking. Everyone is looking three months ahead, six months ahead. But how? How dangerous is it for an economy which has natural wastage, you know, businesses go bust all the time, um, to not have those new businesses, those new green shoots, that new growth coming through in a year's time, in two years' time, because it's gone through a period of basically very risk-averse investment? You do ask me questions like, like you know, a business guru because you know th- th- those are exactly the questions. The point is, if you don't have green, if you don't have new, then your your economy stagnates. It stagnates for various reasons, not just because new businesses aren't entering it, but it's often the new businesses that drive the innovation of the you know of existing the yeah yeah. Existing businesses absolutely so so you stagnate on all levels you know there isn't fresh money coming in there aren't new jobs coming in there aren't new um sectors opening up mm. and and worse than that it allows everybody else who's who who now has got the feel to themselves to think do you know what it's it's all a bit dangerous yeah we can so take it easy doing what we're doing yeah you know mm. so that's bad on all levels so no it is very it's very worrying and you know and i and this is why i do believe angels have a very big part to play um, in this and it, it's not just about this will sound weird coming from a dragon but it isn't just about making money it's it, you kind of have a position as an angel to help stimulate the economy you know you're able to do it there's no yeah. point having your money sitting in the bank because your interest rates are going to be absolutely diabolical you know <laughs> get it out and get it working you know and get there's, it healthy. there's really no point having money sitting no in the bank point. right now no no no, no, no. And, and inflation's going to eat away at it you know so get it out get it working take some no. risk Lose now, a I'm few, gonna, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the B word, Brexit. Mm-hmm. You're not a fan, as we know. Um, the government seems to be just steaming ahead towards no deal. Um, there was a Best for Britain report last week that pointed out that if you basically stack no deal on top of, you know, the post-COVID crisis you you will end up disproportionately damaging areas both sectors and regions that would have been previously much less affected by each thing separately if that makes sense totally. so so it's like it's like uh, uh, you know the beaufort scale or or the richter scale where you know 6 is not actually just one point worse than five, it's sort of exponential. So if you if you end up piling crises on top of each other, it can have a, a huge uh, disproportionate effect. Um, do you think, just your hunch, do you think the penny 
will drop at some point that we need an extension or are we just careering towards the, the cliff edge? Well, my hope rather than my hunch. So let's deal with my hope. My hope is that they think that they're taking a negotiating stand. Mm. You know, they've always held on to this slightly old fashioned style of negotiating, which is, you know, (laughs) we'll pretend that we're quite, and um, and we are perfectly happy to (laughs) run ourselves off the edge of a cliff, you know, and it's just like, oh, come on, guys, we're a bit more sophisticated than that, but okay, if that's how you want to play it. So that's what I hope that they're doing. But I've and, seen them, and now what's your hunch? <laughs> well, I've just seen them make some balmy decisions, and and I really, I, I, I worry that it could it could happen, and and I say could happen, I say it with disbelief, um, because it is genuine madness, and it will be, it will. We talked about Brexit as being the biggest act of self harm, you know. We're already reeling well let's take let's take any one of my businesses they're trying to work out what it is going to look like post-covid we've got absolutely no idea but you know things are beginning to take shape we're then trying to work out how does how does this look post-brexit without any indication whatsoever whether that means a close alliance with our nearest trading partners or no alliance with our nearest trading partners. Can you imagine the amount of, it's like a marion, you know, a, a, a master puppeteer, a marion, you know, those marionettes with all of those strings. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can never work out, never work out. There's just what, too many moving pieces, isn't there? Too many moving pieces. And I often say to businesses, do you know what, that is a great idea, but let's not do it all at once. Let's do this in an order. So one of those levers, we know it won't work. So we know which lever isn't working and we pull it back again. And then we try something else. You never do everything at once in a business. Mm. And this Mm. is like doing, you know, oh, it worries me, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) A friend friend described it uh, as trying to balance an egg on top of another egg. Um, Oh, oh. Which I, I think is quite, I I quite elegant. I reckon I can do that easier than I can do that next. In fact, I'm going to do that next and I'm going to tweet a picture. But you know what? I, I hear from some business contacts that government has effectively muzzled business on Brexit with its furlough scheme because very few are willing to stick their head above the parapet while depending on state handouts. Um, and, and, and this is part of the reason why we hear a lot from business associations, but very little from business leaders themselves. Is that is that true? Do you sense that in the community? I don't sense that, honestly. You know, and yeah. it's um, no, honestly, I think uh, what I what I sense more is that people are dealing with the businesses are dealing with the immediate, which is COVID. Um, they are very grateful for the furloughing scheme and the way it's all being handled. But I worry that there's so much focus on that that they're not looking at the consequences of Brexit. And if they're silent, it's probably because they're, you know, they're like, I can't deal with that right now. Let me just deal with COVID. So I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I that that is my sense of that. It's I, you know, I, I don't I don't think there's any kind of conspiracy or the government thought, well, okay, we'll throw a load of money up and they'll shut up. You know, I I, I just feel that there's a, oh, I can't deal with everything, and that's the worry, isn't it? You know, it's it's they're having to choose: do I deal with this catastrophe or do I deal with that catastrophe? There are some people who 
say that perhaps the the stage where you're throwing money at a problem is a slightly easier one uh, than what we have now, which is a process of starting to withdraw that support bit by bit. Um, what do you think, what shape do you think stimulus should take and how long should it last into the future? Oh, gosh, that's a big question. I know it's not the same answer for every for every industry. So you've got industries that really should be able to bounce back quite quickly. You know, technology yeah. industries, some of the, you know, some of the pharmaceutical companies, um, some of the innovations coming out of the university that, you know, there's a lot of stuff that will bounce back quite quickly. That needs a completely different set of support to the hospitality industry. And even within the hospitality industry, pubs need a completely different thing to hotels. You know, so so my worry is that it's going to be dealt with on a very, you know, well, this is what we're going to do in this particular sector, when what it needs to be doing is talking to in specific industry bodies within sectors, because there's so many industries within a particular sector, talking to them and working out what support they need. Because let's take a seasonal business, and this is something I know very well about, take mm. a seasonal business, there is no point bringing it out of lockdown, expecting it to open up in August, having been closed mo nearly all of its main season, being faced with another closed winter and expecting it to survive into the following year. Yeah. It's got to have support through all of its downtime. So it's the question is, when can we realistically see this industry recover? Uh, how long do we and what form does that recovery look like? And therefore, what government intervention at those individual points needs to take place? If I see an announcement that deals with an industry or everybody on the same way, I'm going to lose all faith because it cannot possibly be one size fits all. But, because but, uh, but, if you do I mean, one size fits all, you're either wasting money because you're giving people who don't need it money and you're not giving the people who do need it enough money. Yeah, but but that's a that's a very cogent answer, which is the, the there was a period where broad brush was necessary because effectively the entire economy had suffered a shock and now it's a it's a time to move on to sector specific solutions listening to each professional body basically it's true and also Alex, they had they didn't have time i mean they had to respond really really quickly yeah and and that kind of denies you of the ability to to spend months talking to sectors this is no longer true they should have from the day i hope they have been from the day we actually went into lockdown from the day they started supporting industries you can it doesn't matter about when but you can start talking about so what does opening up look like to you and you know it it doesn't matter what date it starts, but how long is this going to take? You know, so so those conversations, they have had time to do that now. You know, so, so I will be disappointed if they haven't done that. Finally, pie in the sky, what is one thing you think the government should be doing right now and is not? And what is that, uh, one thing that they shouldn't be doing and they are? You won't be surprised to hear. We need we need an extension to the um, transition period. We absolutely need it. And this isn't even about Brexit. You know, this is just common blinking sense. Um, and it will be unforgivable if they allow the, the damage to 
to take place because it's taking place already. Everybody's already confused and not sure what to do. So, you know, we do need that transition period extended. So that's what they do need to do, of course. Yeah. Uh, it's the same for what they mustn't do. <laughs> <laughs> they mustn't go on to... <laughs> The blinking EU. <laughs> I, I know it's. It, I mean, it's awful that that it, it's awful in many ways that this has had to come down again to a sort of Brexit issue at a time when the the country is still really very divided about it, and and people have, you know, they have a defensive reaction to anything yeah. that sort of delays it in any way. But you have to cut your cloth. You have to cut your um, cloth according to your needs, right? Um, Deborah, it, it has been, as ever, an eye-opening um, conversation. Thank you on behalf of our listeners for joining me today. Uh, it's been so good catching up with you virtually, but I'm not going to lie. I look forward to meeting you again face-to-face and giving you yes. a proper squeeze after yes. all this is over. Remember, there's a new Bunker Daily every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday mornings with a longer weekly episode featuring a full panel every Wednesday morning. So don't forget to subscribe, review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to support us, search Patreon Bunker. We'll be back tomorrow. And remember, face masks do nothing unless you're listening to this after the 15th of June, in which case face masks are compulsory. Stay alert, especially to bullshit. This is Alex Andreu from The Bunker saying over and out. The Bunker Daily was presented by Alex Andreu. The producer was Andrew Harrison. The assistant producer was Jacob Archbold. And audio production was by me, Alex Reese. Theme tune by Kenny Dickinson. The Bunker Daily is a Podmasters production. <laughs>